From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Some situations have layers. And while it's easy to look at the huge news yesterday that Lamar Jackson was non-exclusive franchise tag and then see team after team after team come out and apparently state they're not interested in the quarterback, it's easy to look at that and make assumptions. The reality of it is this is a complicated, complex issue that is just getting started and maybe, just maybe, we're oversimplifying certain portions of it. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And yesterday, we got the news just after we went off the air that uh, Lamar Jackson was non-exclusive franchise tendered, which means any team starting next week, a week from today at 4 p.m. Eastern when the league year opens, can make an offer to Lamar. At that point, if he accepts an offer from another team, the Baltimore Ravens would have the chance to match the offer. If they choose not to match the offer, they would then then get two first-round draft picks in compensation. That is what we found out yesterday. But about an hour after that, it seems like virtually every team that was interested in Lamar, according to reports, was suddenly not interested. And, Harry, it leads to a lot of speculation right now about why teams are out, a lot of conversation about collusion, a lot of conversation about teams trying to set a line in the sand. We're making bold proclamations today based on the fact that less than 24 hours into this thing, some teams are saying right now they're out. Well, remember, if, it may have been last week, Fitz, or two weeks ago when we were talking about the Lamar Jackson situation. I said owners right now are nervous because if Lamar Jackson gets that guaranteed money, now it's going to really set off a trend. Now, it all started with Deshaun Watson and him getting $230 million guaranteed. But if Lamar Jackson gets all that guaranteed money, now you have Joe Burrow coming up. You have Justin Herbert coming up. You got Jalen Hurts that's going to get a, probably a deal done this offseason. You have all these guys, these quarterbacks waiting in the wings in the midst of things. And if he receives that guaranteed money, now – a different trend has really set set off in the National Football League. And that's one of the things I think at the end of the day, that's not what owners want. So whether it is, it's collusion or whatever it is, I think these owners are standing together. And I'm not saying they all met together or whatnot. I'm not going to make that speculation. I'm just saying at the end of the day, I don't think they want the quarterback market to become fully guaranteed money because they feel a certain way about those type of things. Deshaun Watson, in the history of the National Football League, is the only one to get guaranteed, his contract fully guaranteed. It's been one. It's been one person. And I don't think the owners on top of things want that to happen and continue to be a trend. So I'm going to take one word that you just said, and I'm going to tweak it a little bit. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, you know me. Uh, we're the prettiest show on ESPN Radio. I don't I don't claim to be the smartest guy on ESPN Radio. So I have spent much of the last, I don't know, 20 hours uh, calling, texting, talking to every person that I can think of that I really respect that I think is smart in these situations to get as much perspective as possible. And as I listen to you speak, I think what you're saying is so close to what makes sense, but there's one little tweak I'll make. Because you said owners don't want contracts to become guaranteed. I'm going to change one word. I don't think owners and GMs think contracts are going to become guaranteed. I was talking to somebody yesterday that made a really good point. Right now, GMs do not believe that Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, 
the, the Jalen Hurts, any of them are asking for fully guaranteed contracts. If you do not believe that the crop of quarterbacks about to get paid are actually even asking for guarantees, which might seem seems crazy to me. I mean, I, I would think if I could get all the guaranteed money in the world, I would take it. But if nobody's asking for guaranteed money and you don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to go to their respective teams and ask for guaranteed money, how do you then look at your boss if you're a GM and say, well, we just signed Lamar to fully guaranteed money when Burrow's not going to get that, when Herbert's not going to get that, when Jalen Hurts is not going to get that, not because they're not capable of getting it, but because they're not even asking for it. So if you don't believe that they're even bringing it to the negotiation table, then you can look at Lamar and say, man, I know you want Deshaun's contract, but why would I do that for you when Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, uh, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes all don't have fully guaranteed money? I think teams don't think this is going to be the precedent. So why give in on this when you don't need to if you don't think that's where contracts are going? No, and I will say from Lamar Jackson's standpoint, and if I'm his camp, the things that I'm looking at is like all those quarterbacks you just mentioned, right? Uh, Joe Burrow. Well, ownership and the front office did their job with Joe Burrow. They got him weapons. Mm. You look at Patrick Mahomes. Before this past season, you know, ownership in the front office, they got him wet weapons. Justin Herbert, they got him weapons. Jalen Hurts, they got him weapons. Lamar Jackson, well, that was one of the, the, the dark clouds on the Baltimore Ravens organization is because they didn't get him weapons. So if I'm going to be the forefront of everything and I'm out here trying to be Superman every single day, of course, yes, I'm going to ask for guaranteed money by contract to be fully guaranteed because you have not showed me, first of all, that you're going to do anything to bring players in and help me out. So that's, that's, that's another thing that if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm looking at. Now, if he goes somewhere else and those guys have weapons, and I can probably say for Joe Burrow, he's probably not going to ask for that. You want to know why? He loves T. Higgins. He loves Jamar Chase. You want to know why Jalen Hurts probably isn't going to ask for that? He loves uh, A.J. Brown. He loves Devontae Smith. Uh, on top of other guys, Jason Kelsey, who he's hoping come back. You look at uh, Patrick Mahomes. He loves Travis Kelsey. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the one person I think that can probably ask for that money. And the Kansas City Chiefs will probably have no rebuttal or no gripe about it because he is the best quarterback in the National Football League at the moment. Justin Herbert, he loves Mike Williams. He loves Keenan Allen. All those quarterbacks has playmakers. Lamar Jackson hasn't had that. He hasn't had that in Baltimore. So I can understand him going to Baltimore and asking for a fully guaranteed contract because everything that Baltimore and the Baltimore Ravens stand for as an organization has been Lamar Jackson. In my eyes. But you are you are a man of faith, tremendous man of faith, right? And uh, yep. a lot of times you, you give us Bible quotes as you're going through. I don't know the verse, but I know the basic uh, the basic principle of sins of the father, the pass down, right? Like yeah. uh, the sins of the father will pass down. The sins of the Ravens cannot pass down to the sins to these other teams, right? I hear what True you're story. saying about why he's going to ask Great for point. fully guaranteed contract from the Ravens. But what happens when he talks to a different team? What happens if he's talking to the Commanders or the Raiders? or you know, the Falcons who are all looking around and saying, well, you want fully guaranteed, but I want to keep these te- these players around you. So that's right. where it becomes interesting because I think you're 1,000% right. He has every right to look at the Ravens and say, this is what I want. Other teams might be looking at him and saying, I understand that. Well, that's what you want, well, but well, that, that's I can't why give I you that. An, that's why I have an issue, fits with a lot of these teams coming out saying that, you know, we're not going to pursue Lamar Jackson. How, how do you know what, you, what he really wants if you're not talking to him? I understand what he's told the Baltimore Ravens, 
but have a conversation with them. And it's still early in the process because I, I remember yesterday I, I told you I, I didn't want to jump the gun. I didn't want the, my emotions to get the best of me, right? I want to, you know, let the night clear and then wake up this morning and, and see things from every viewpoint. Everything is just now starting. And, and I also of the mindset that, you know, some of these teams may just be giving smoke and mirrors. They may be saying that, you know, we're not going to pursue Lamar Jackson. But it, it, it's, it's oddly ironic to me that, you know, a lot of these teams aren't going to pursue Lamar Jackson when there's a drought on quarterbacks and especially franchise ones. That, that, that's the weird part of, of it all for me. Any team that, that actually comes out and says we are not going to pursue Lamar Jackson at all right now, blanket statement, that's fact. Like, just facts here, that's bad business. That's ignorant business because at the end of the day, Pursuing Lamar Jackson doesn't mean you have to give in to his demands. But why, exactly. if you need a quarterback, would you not at least call him and say you what? Why, if you need a quarterback, would you not at least send him, you know, an old school fax that says, here are some terms we would like, let Lamar turn you down. But to not even have a conversation with Lamar if you don't have a, con- a quarterback seems stupid to me. At some well, point. The, the, and it's mind boggling, though, Fitz, because, you know, a lot of these teams pursue Deshaun Watson. A, a year ago. So it, it doesn't make sense and it doesn't add up to me. We're talking about a unanimous MVP winner. It's only been two of them in the National Football League, Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. Two. And even if you're a team that's not sure, right now in this market, you got a quarterback out there that is attainable. And as we said yesterday, and I'll continue to say, by most reports, uh, two first-round draft picks, by the way, according to most reports, will be less than it will cost you to move up in the draft this year. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. whoever you draft this year would cost you less than Lamar Jackson. But let's not be silly here. At some point, if you know that you can get a former unanimous MVP and you can get that MVP in a way that can solidify your team, he's 26 years old, for the next several years at the quarterback position – how can you say you're out before you've even at least found out what terms he might be thinking about? It doesn't take but one text yes. to say, hey, what do you think? 130, 140, 150. And maybe the Ravens match that and it's all futile, but you at least got to try, right? Well, of course. What if you're a team, right? And you say, hey, Lamar Jackson, we want to, you're talking to him and you see where he is and you say, hey, listen, we got $220 million for you. And what if he says, you know what, that's good enough for me. I'm good. I I feel it's better than the offer that the Baltimore Ravens gave me. You know, so you never know unless you have those conversations and you have that dialogue with Lamar Jackson in his camp to see where he is and for him to know where you're coming from as an organization. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path of flexibility, great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundle today at Progressive.com. All right, coming up. Adam Schefter has told us what he thinks about how many teams will be interested. You'll hear that. Plus, we'll make a case on why some of these teams might already be out on Lamar. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. They're saying, all right, we can't find compromise, so you go ahead and see if that deal's out there. And if it is, and you come back to us, you know, maybe we'll match it. Maybe we'll say, you know, you were right, we were wrong, and come back to us and everything will be fine. 
All day on ESPN Radio, I'm sure you're going to be hearing the latest breaking news and all of the thoughts about Lamar Jackson. What I can promise you is over the course of Fitz and Harry, this conversation is going to be different than any you've heard elsewhere. Because none of this is simple. And we're willing to embrace the complexity of why it seems like several teams are out on a former MVP. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. It took very little time for this tweet to come out from Field Yates yesterday. Teams that reportedly will not be pursuing a deal for Lamar Jackson include the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Raiders. All right, so that is a bunch of the teams that 48 hours ago many of us thought would be in those sweepstakes. Now, I want to qualify one of those teams. The Dolphins do not have a first-round draft pick this year. Remember, the Dolphins lost their first-round draft pick because of their conversations with Tom Brady uh, that were tampering. They were fined a first-round draft pick. You cannot take on a franchise player on an exclusive tag without a draft pick in this year's draft. So if they were going to do anything with Lamar, they would have to trade somebody some way, somehow to get a first-round pick in this year's draft. That's part of the reason that the Dolphins – now, of course, the Dolphins will say they're all in on Tua. That's cute. Who cares? Uh, But I'm just giving you the real reason why they can't be in on Lamar even if they wanted to be. That being said, Harry, we're going to do something a little different here uh, because you and I have talked so much about Lamar. Instead of having this conversation just about Lamar Jackson, instead of sitting here and trying to pick holes in the game of Lamar, we're not here to do that right now. What we're here to do is look at some of these teams and let's try to make a case. Let's try to put ourselves in the shoes of these organizations and figure out why, as an organization, Lamar Jackson wouldn't make sense for that team right now. Make sense? Yes. All right. So I'm going to go first here just because the Raiders are on this list. I'm wearing silver and black if you're watching this in the app because I'm trying to manifest Lamar Jackson somehow to the Raiders. Let me be clear about that. If I ran the Raiders and money was uh, it was my money to spend, hell, we know Mark Davis ain't spending that money on a haircut. Go spend that money on Lamar Jackson. I, I would. <laughs> that being said, now that I've thrown shade at my favorite team's owner, that being said, I can make a case for why I believe the Raiders would not be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, and that's simply because – they look at their line, their their entire roster and realize they're not ready to compete. And knowing that they're going to need, I think, over the course of the next two years, nine or ten new starters on the defensive side of the ball and three new starters on the offensive line alone, I can get you to they need 12 starters in the next two years to come in. The Raiders right now don't need to waste the money on a quarterback when they don't have a roster that can support that quarterback at all. And, in fact, having a quarterback – might make them just too too good enough to get where they want to be in next year's draft, Harry. So I can make a case why, if I ran the Raiders, maybe I'm sitting here saying Lamar isn't the right fit because of my roster right now. No, I, I agree with you. You look at them defensively, there's so many holes, and I think you know you have money that you would spend giving Lamar Jackson that contract on defensive players. You mentioned the offensive line. Now, in order to have Lamar Jackson, you might want to make sure that your offensive line is secured as well. Um, now, I will say this. While we're doing this, I honestly believe all these teams should be in the sweepstakes for Lamar Jackson, but we're making the case, if we're in the organization's shoes, uh, why they may potentially think uh, otherwise. But I agree with you on the Raiders. I think you hit it right on the head. Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start this one off, the next one, the next team. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons because I'm very close to that team and that organization. I know a lot of people within it as well. Um, they can make a case. You look at this team, right, the last few years, this team has been in – cap hell and financially uh unfree 
they have finally got to a point to where, you know, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, the first two years, they were working on getting a lot of contracts and stuff off the books. So they're able to bring in free agents and guys would, would, would be able to come there. Now, they're finally to this point where they're, they're second in cap space available to be able to sign free agents um, or whatnot. Now, the flip side of that also, I would say you look at what they were able to accomplish from an offensive standpoint this season. And granted, I know the quarterback position is the cost of them losing some games uh, when they had Marcus Mariota. But Desmond Ritter is a young guy that they, you know, believe in. Also, you have Tyler Algier at the running back position and Drake London. You also would throw Kyle Pitts into the equation along um, with the cornerback that they have that's from uh, Georgia as well, A.J. Terrell. You have a nice young nucleus on this football team, plus – this team hasn't been able to rush the passer or stop the pass for the last few years at all. You talk about two deficiencies on the defensive side of the balls that coincide and go with one another. It's those two positions, the cornerback position and the defensive line, defensive ends, pass rush. That's, that's been some of the things at the forefront. Also, I will say this. You look at a guy in Arthur Blank who's trusted so many people that he's paid over the years only to get burned in the end by those players. Now, I will say this. One thing I do know about Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, those are two guys who are not going to tip their hand and tell you anything that they're going to do. So we don't know 100%. The Falcons may be in the sweepstakes at some, at some point. We just don't know. And they're not going to sit up here and tell us that is, at all either. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I will again state – I think all of these teams are lying to us right now. We'll get into that later in the show, obviously. But we're making a case why some of the teams that we thought would be interested, we could put ourselves in those shoes. Again, saying, I mean, look, Lamar to the Falcons, Lamar to the Ravens, if that happened on the show, both of us are going to be insufferably happy for each other and for the entire world, right? Like, mm-hmm. we both agree that would be awesome. Let me take one here. I told you why the Dolphins can't be in on them. Uh, but let me take one here that I think is kind of interesting, and it's the Panthers, right? Because the Panthers were supposedly, according to reports at one point, all in on Deshaun, but they didn't want to pay his guarantees. They weren't comfortable with the amount of money, according to some reports, that Derek Carr wanted per year. But I think if I'm inside the Panthers organization, if I want to make the easy case on why it doesn't fit, it's because the type of offense that Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell, the senior assistant there, uh, Thomas Brown's the offensive coordinator, Josh McCown is the quarterback's coach. They want to run a West Coast offense that's going to do like quick hits and timing throws and quick outs. And uh, they've, they've got sort of an offensive philosophy they want to run that they are comfortable with. So in my mind, plus, they are right up against it with the salary cap. Uh, they're $4.5 million over the cap as we speak right now. It would take a ton of movement. They would have to do a ton of things to do it. And I'm not sure uh, offensively if I'm within the, the Panthers organization, I realize, hey, I just hired Frank Reich to run a certain type of offense. I'm not sure he's flexible as a coach to run a different type of offense. So organizationally, that can be why I would justify not going in that direction. And also, I would throw on top of it, you have to look at, you know, Frank Wright when he was in Indy and also David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, what they tried to do the last few years at the quarterback position, right, trying to bring in veteran guys. And for both uh, Frank Wright and David Tepper, it hasn't worked out with the prospective teams with the Carolina Panthers or the Indianapolis Colts for either one of those guys. Uh, I think their mindset is, you know what, let's restart. Let's start fresh with a young guy. Now, granted, they're going to have to move up in the draft to get one of these young phenomenal quarterbacks that are coming out to be in a position to take that quarterback. But I think that's their mindset moving forward versus having, you know, a veteran guy because Lamar Jackson at this point in my eyes is a veteran. 
Um, I think they would rather start over with a quarterback that you don't have to pay all that money to at this moment. Now that is making the case why a bunch of these teams are out on Lamar. There's one team on that list from Field Yates that I simply can't make a case for. We'll tell you about it next. Plus, from Danny Dimes to Danny Dollars, the Giants got their guy yesterday. Don't want that to get lost in all of this. The question is, was it the right decision? We'll tell you definitively next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The New York Giants beat the clock. The Giants reach agreement on a four-year deal. I'm told it's got a maximum value of up to $195 million. Jones got his number and his wish of $40 million, $82 million, fully guaranteed over the first two years. On the flip side, what the team got was they're really only locked in now for two years for a quarterback who really is just coming off his first big season. One NFC East team took care of their quarterback situation. The question is, why is another team not doing the same thing in the same division? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We'll get to Daniel Jones in a second on the heels of a mega deal. Four years, $160 million that when you hear 4160, you think one way. But the devil's always in the details with these. But before we do that, Harry... It's important. We were talking about Lamar Jackson and the fact that so many teams seem to be out on Lamar. And uh, we got the the tweet from Field Yates quickly yesterday that uh, a handful of teams were out. In fact, Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider, yesterday on the 6 p.m. Sports Center made it clear that there's only a few teams interested to begin with. And I can't even believe we're talking about this and like this for a player as talented as Lamar Jackson. But it may just be that there's just a handful of teams, not as many as you might think, interested in Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens will have the chance to match any offer sheet. And I think Baltimore ultimately decided today, let the market mediate the disagreement that we have with Lamar Jackson. And let's see what the market determines his value to be. So we put ourselves, Harry, in the shoes of several different organizations, really asking the question, as an organization, why would I not want Lamar? Nothing about Lamar, just about the organization here. The one I can't figure out is Washington Commanders, man. Like, I can't figure out why the Commanders, with their weapons, uh, with who they have, uh, with their head coach that worked in the past with Cam, like, why would the Commanders not be in on Lamar? And also, you're talking about a team in which, you know, you just got a new offensive coordinator and Eric Bieniemy. You have the offensive weapons. You're a run-centric football team. So, Adam Lamar Jackson would pay huge dividends to your roster. Um, but the, the thing I think about is that, you know, Daniel Snyder's skating on thin ice right now. When I mean thin, thin ice. Mm. I don't know if he would want to upset everyone uh, in case he doesn't have to sell his football team. Right. He doesn't want that to be the last straw to, to you know, the rest of these owners push him out of the door. So because, you know, you got to you got to vote on this. And right now, I think he wants to stay in good standings with, with everyone in, in ownership. It feels like when you were a kid in, in school and you went into like lunch at the cafeteria and you wanted to make sure that you could sit at the cool kids table. You don't want to do anything that gets you pushed away from the cool kids table. Snyder's like, ah, I'm not going to take that leap, or at least for now. But we'll keep an eye on that because I still wonder if the other side of it is if he starts to get a sense that no matter what he's going to be told, he has to sell his team. Oh, he might do the opposite. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, fine. I'll just, you know uh, yeah. 200 
32 million. Okay, Lamar, let's do it. Yeah, you guys enjoy that contract that I'm going to fully guarantee. Uh, speaking of contracts, Daniel Jones and the Giants agreed to a four year, $160 million deal. The deal includes $82 million in, in guarantees. The Giants can get out of the contract after two years if it doesn't work out. The cap hit in year run, one comes in around $19 million, extending Jones, and then that allowed them to franchise Saquon, will cost the Giants less money than if just Jones was franchised, allowing the Giants more money to spend to improve their team around him. Devin, producer extraordinaire, resident Giants fan, your level of excitement for this deal on a scale of 1 to 10 is... Uh, nah, eight. Eight. <laughs> eight. What would have it taken to get you to a 10? I don't know. I want to leave a little room. I don't, I don't like, you know, going all the way to 10 there. You're a perfect okay. 10 to me. Harry, Thank what you. is your, what, what's your level? Like, this makes a lot of sense to me because, yeah. frankly, you can get out of the deal in a couple of years if you find out that he was a one-hit wonder. Yeah, I, uh, at first I was concerned about Daniel Jones making anywhere between $45 million and really 40 to $45 million. But the way the contract is constructed, I think the Giants and their front office did a hell of a job, right? If Daniel Jones isn't what you want him to be after two years, then you're not tied to him. You can just let him go because of the guaranteed money in those two years being $82 million. Now, also, the flip side of that, if Daniel Jones goes out there and he balls out this year and next year, then you can continue to let him be your quarterback, and the money would be justified because of his play. Also, by signing this deal with Daniel Jones, now you're able to keep Saquon Barkley, in which was very, very a major piece in what they did offensively, and also in the success of Daniel Jones because a lot of pressure was off of him because it was put on Saquon more so because of that run game and how valuable it was. And they keep money to allow them to continue to address the weapons around That's him. Right. I love your Saquon point, too, because part of the reason that this offense clicked last year was because Saquon was great. So you needed to find a way to keep Saquon around to be the safety blanket that he can be uh, and, and the explosive offensive weapon he can be for Daniel Jones. Uh, also, and you know this better than anybody after 10 years in the NFL, living in locker rooms, Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, senior NFL analyst, was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night and said this about the message that this contract sends by the Giants signing Daniel Jones to this deal. Those two guys are beloved in that locker room and within that organization. And those two guys where I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they're probably the two biggest symbols of the impact that Brian Dayball and his staff and Joe Shane and his scouting staff had there, right? Right. And so, you know, I think in a way it's sort of a sign to the, to the locker room, to the players who are there, to players who might consider going there. If you do the right things, you follow what we're telling you to do, A, you're going to get results, and everybody saw the results that Jones and Barker got, and B, you're going to get paid. And so, does this mean Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are on the team in 2025? No. But, you know, I, I think it pretty much says that they're good for the next couple of years. And, um, you know, I, I think that they've become sort of symbols of what Brian Dave and his program can do. So, I think it's good to reward guys for that. Did they overpay a little bit? Maybe. I mean, it's got to get some message to the locker room. We make you great. We get you paid. Oh, 100%. And guys from other teams also notice that, right? Because the guys who are about to become free agents, they notice, hey, okay, you got two guys who meant a lot to the Giants organization and their team and their success this year. Those guys did the right thing. They balled out and they got rewarded. These are two guys who are locker room guys for the Giants. And also, Daniel Jones better be thinking uh, Brian Dable right now because Brian Dable coming to that football team and understanding his quarterback top to bottom 
which a lot of a lot of coaches don't do, but he understood his quarterback top to bottom, knew the situations to put Daniel Jones in, knew the situations to not put him in, and then you got a better product on the football field, and now Daniel Jones received, uh, received the benefits and got paid. But for, as far as other players noticing this, not just players on the Giants organization, but also players on, on other teams right now that are about to become free agents, they look at this and see it as, you know what? If we go over there and we sign a one- or two-year deal and we do the right thing, we could potentially get more money and sign for a longer, uh, a longer deal uh, just by doing the right thing because the Giants and uh, Joe Schoen and uh, also Brian Dable uh, know what's up when it comes to you know their team. I, I think there's a part of me that continues to just look at this and think $82 million fully guaranteed as part of this deal is a reminder that that's about the going rate for you know $40 million-ish a year, make it – Two or three million less, or two or three million more, forty million ish guaranteed a year is sort of where we're going to fall in on a lot of these quarterbacks at this point. Just be ready for that. And in three years, it'll be fifty million ish, and in five years, it'll be sixty million. Like this is just what's happening. So as we said yesterday, and we're reminded again, there was a time about six, seven years ago where the thought of paying your quarterback, we were told if you paid your quarterback more than twenty-five million dollars a year, it was the death of a franchise. And now. <laughs> We just seen Michael Parsons tweet, F, I should have became a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. <laughs> the way uh, this money's flying around. Yeah, he acting like, though, that, that money doesn't go to pass rushers, too. Like, the two, the three things that are going to get paid for the next longest period. Like, mm. if you if you can throw the football, if you can absolutely destroy the guy that throws the football, or you if you can keep the guy standing that throws the football, those are things that are going to get you paid over and over and over again in the modern NFL. Uh, in the meantime, the Jets have one name in mind to be their quarterback. His first name rhymes with Marin. We'll talk about him next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Multiple Jets team officials fly out to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. You put the owner on the plane, you put the team president on the plane, you put the head coach, GM, the offensive coordinator on the plane. You're not doing that because you're hoping he'll listen. You're doing that because you're hoping to walk away with some sort of resolution. That certainly indicates a strong chance that it's heading in the direction of him being traded to the Jets. The Jets continue to refuse to control the controllables. In the sense that they send their private jet out to try and get Aaron Rodgers to become a jet and never turn it around and just, I don't know, make an offer to Lamar. They continue to put all of their eggs into one basket, a basket that I'm not sure you can rely on with Aaron Rodgers. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Now, I understand, Harry. I understand that one man's trash can be another man's treasure. I get it. And I understand that, like, at some point you can be with somebody a long time in your life and you just realize... Uh, they're, they're crazy and you can't handle them anymore. You don't want to date them anymore. And then somebody else is like, well, if she's on the open market, I certainly want to date. I'm just saying, at, for all of the conversation about the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, deservedly so for what he's accomplished in his career, hear this. This is what Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider, said yesterday on NFL Live about what the plans are, no matter what, for the Packers at the quarterback position. What I think is looking more and more clear is him playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2023 looks increasingly unlikely. Hmm. Jordan loves, Jordan Love looks more and more 
like he's going to be playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers no matter what Aaron Rodgers decides. It seems to be and feels like it's moving in that direction. It's funny to me, Harry, because basically he's saying no matter what the guy that they're sending a private jet to California decides he wants to do with the Jets, the Packers don't really want him anymore. I, I, I just think there's got to be something to that. <laughs> Move. Get, Get out, out the, the way. way. Get, Get out, out the way. way. Get, Get out, out the way. way. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's fascinating to hear. And um, not on my end for Jordan Love <laughs> because uh, I think you're seeing – uh, a football team, Brian uh, Gutekinds, the, the general manager, I think you're seeing everyone involved within that organization. Um, they're really showing that they're tired, they're exhausted of the in-between stuff, of the nonsense, and they just want to probably move forward and see what they have in Jordan Love along with those other young guys that they have so these guys can gel and they can see what may come out of it. And I, I can't help but think about, you know, when Aaron Rodgers – you know, was first with the Green Bay Packers when he got his opportunity. And, you know, there were a little struggles early on, but you've seen the potential there. But at the end of the day, he increasingly got better, and it was great for the Green Bay Packers. Those are the hopes, I think, right now for Green Bay, looking towards the future as Jordan Love being their quarterback. There's just this moment of the thought in my mind of the Packers, who – you know, for the fact, I know people will say, well, they've only won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, they'll, then they'll say, well, they screwed this whole quarterback thing up and he got really mad about it. Over the course of the last, what, 15 years, the Packers have consistently been one of the better football teams in the NFL. Uh, you can go yeah. back to Farm over the course of the last 20 yeah. years. Uh, so they, in some ways, they've had different coaches. They've consistently been at least a winning football team. So now a team, an organization that has consistently been a winner, is looking at a guy and saying, Man, I'd rather go with Jordan Love than deal with this nonsense anymore. While a team in New York that's consistently been a dumpster fire is like, well, we'll take him. We'll take him. Like, you and I say it all the time. The guys that are in the building, the guys that see the practices, the guys that understand the meetings, the guys that know the players better than anybody else are the people that are in the building every day with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. And the people that are in the building every day with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love are telling you they would rather risk their jobs, their ability to feed their families, their ability to send little Timmy to the orthodontist. They'd rather risk all of that on Jordan Love than Aaron Rodgers. That speaks to me. I, I, it says something about what you're willing to take at some point. And I think that the Jets and, and Greeny and Jets fans and everybody else are just glossing over a huge chapter of this, which is the Packers are saying, nah, we're good. That has to have some meaning. Well, yeah, and I, and I think the Green Bay Packers for uh, for so long, they, they've been putting up with, you know, the Aaron Rodgers antics. And I would say this. Rightfully so, though, too, because you have a guy who won back-to-back -back MVPs, and then you're going 13 and three, 13 and three, 13 and four, until it finally caught up last year, right? You you don't have Devontae Adams. These young guys need their quarterback. They need their supposed to be leader there with them. They aren't there. They aren't building that chemistry. They aren't building that rapport. But then you've seen all the finger pointing going on, right? And the accountability not being there on Aaron Rodgers' point uh, uh, part. But then you get to the last game of the year and you have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, right? And then Jared Goff goes down for the Detroit Lions and he scores a touchdown to go up. You have the ball last if you're the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, your future Hall of Famer, a guy that's won a Super Bowl, a guy that's won four uh, MVPs of the National Football League, and it ends with an interception. Now you're in a position where, you know, last year Aaron Rodgers didn't play up to his capabilities that everyone was expecting, and now you're able to walk away now more so. Do I think, and I'll say this, do I think Aaron Rodgers is declining? 
No, I do not. I just think he had one of those years, and now the Green Bay Packers can justify some things if they want to move on. But they can't think about Aaron Rodgers going to the, the Jets or whoever he may go to and him having success. They got to do what's best for their organization and feel comfortable in their skin in doing so. Now, if I take the name Aaron Rodgers out of this entire conversation, I know that's impossible yeah. to do, but let me for a second. And I tell you that the Green Bay Packers, as an organization, are so willing to move on from a player – that they're going to let somebody else take over the most important position in all of sports, quarterback of their team. When they are in a moment where, frankly, they are trying to maintain competitiveness with the Lions team that's on the rise, with the Vikings team mm -hmm. that has a lot of talent, and with the Bears team that's going to have a first pick in the draft. And not only are they willing to move on, but they're willing to take a $40 million cap hit. That, that will, should tell I, you everything you need to know. I mean – and then we're just sitting around pretending he's the second coming. Like, I, I understand the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, especially yeah. compared to the world of suck you've been living in if you're a Jets fan at the quarterback position. I get all that. I just think there is meaning to an organization saying, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to take a $40 million cap hit, which is going to limit the talent we can even put around Jordan Love just Ooh, to not deal with I that guy. It, I got it. I'm so tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of being sick and tired. Oh, man. <laughs> we are, Look, the one thing I know is that we're going to make you feel better about it by singing it to you. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. get back to the NFL with all the breaking news, but there's been some NBA happenings you need to know about. Are the Lakers back? We'll ask an expert, one of our favorites, who was in the building last night, next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.